0: I don't know about you, but I would love to never have to make a U-turn or have a setback in my life ever again. When we are led by the Spirit, we will always be in the right place at the right time, doing the right things with the right people. Hello and welcome to Faith Talks. I'm your host, Emily Preston, and in these podcasts, we will be discussing how to practically apply the principles found in the Word or how to be a doer of the word, so that you can start seeing more of the manifestation of God's grace in every area of your life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Faith Talks, where we learn how to walk by faith through grace. Today is part four of my series, How to Hear God and Be Led by the Spirit. So, I hope that you've had a chance to listen to the first three parts of this series and that you've been able to start putting what you've been learning into practice and that you have been able to identify the times and the the ways that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. And now that you're learning how to hear the voice, of God and be led by the Spirit that you're able to recognize the times where God is speaking to you and that that's been a benefit to you in your life I know it would be so today is part four and before I get into what I want to teach you today I'm just going to do a recap of the things that we've been learning over the last few weeks because it's going to flow really nicely into what I want to talk to you about today we talked about that God wants us to be led by the Spirit we are created to hear from God and be led by the Spirit and God promises us that the spirit of truth will guide us into all truth. So there are no gray areas with God. There's nothing he's hiding from us, uh, contrary to what a lot of religious people say. Oh, you never know what God's going to do. We just can't understand God's ways. God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And they kind of make out that God is this big, mysterious being and you never know what he's going to do. But in fact, that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that God has sent the Holy Spirit to us because he will guide us into all truth. Yes, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, but we aren't doing things our way, and we aren't thinking the way that we want to think. We are being led by the Spirit, and the Spirit will guide us into all truth, the truth about everything. We can trust the Holy Spirit to direct and guide us in every detail of our lives, not only in the simple day-to-day decisions, but also in the big things that affect our lives on a grander scale and we can confidently discern what is the difference between a truth and what is a lie we can confidently make decisions that are going to lead us down the right path so that we will have no more u-turns or setbacks when we allow ourselves to hear from God and be led by the Spirit. Now where it says that the spirit of truth will guide us into all truth, we talked about that that's not just spoken truth. It's also the truth of idea. It's what is reality as in the opposite of illusion. What is moral truth? what is divine truth revealed to man. So in other words, it's what's true in any matter under consideration as opposed to what is fictitious or false. The Spirit will tell us what is true and what's a lie, what's morally right and what's morally wrong, what's of God and what's not of God, what's a good idea and what's not a good idea. So he's got it all covered. That's the Spirit's job to lead us into all truth. And then we talked about the different ways that God speaks to us and leads us, but primarily he speaks to us through our spirit. And as you know, we are three part beings. We are a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a physical body. God doesn't speak to us through our mind, our will, or our emotions, and he doesn't speak to us through our five physical senses. He speaks to us through our spirit. Our spirit is the part of us that communicates with God. Our spirit is the receiver that tunes into and receives what God is transmitting. So again, he doesn't speak to us through our physical senses. We can't feel God. We can feel his presence in tangible ways, but that's not how he speaks to us. We don't know that we're hearing from God because we have a feeling about it. We don't know that we're hearing from God because it's affecting our mind, our will, or our emotions. We know that we're hearing from God and being led by the Spirit because of what's coming out of our spirit. Okay, so that's the difference. And so God has given us different ways that he speaks to us and gets answers to us. And the fundamental primary way that he gets answers to us is through his word. God and his word are one. God's word is God in print form. And so if we want to find out the will and purpose of God for our lives, and if we want to hear from God, the primary way that he does that is through his word. And that's why it's so important to spend time in the word, to spend time reading the word, confessing the word, meditating on the word and listening to the word because the more word we have in us the more we will understand and know the will of God and the more God will have to shine light on to give us the answers that we need so we are to be doers of the word and we are to spend time in the word so that we can be confident that we're hearing from God and being led by the spirit The second way that we are led by the Spirit and hear from God is through our inner witness. And we talked about how when God's Spirit speaks to our spirit, there is a knowing on the inside. There is a confirmation or assurance in our spirit. And that is called the inner witness. You know, you've probably had thoughts from time to time, oh, I knew I shouldn't have done that, or I knew that was going to happen. Because before that happened, you had a knowing, you had an assurance, you had a confirmation, in your spirit, that something was going to happen or that you shouldn't be doing something. And that is called the inner witness. And it's also called having a peace having a peace about something. That's confirmed by Colossians 3 verse 15 that says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. So our peace is also an indication of when we're hearing from God or whether we should or shouldn't be doing something. That peace is a quietness or rest. It means when all the essential parts are joined together, it's a feeling of completeness. It's what God uses to assure a person that they are in his perfect will. And that word rule, where it says let the peace of God rule in your hearts, that means to act as an umpire. I'm sure we've all watched baseball games or other games where there's a referee or an umpire or someone who makes a final decision on what's in and what's out. And that's what the peace of God is designed to do for us. When there are conflicting forces or contending decisions... Peace will be the umpire. Peace will get the final say on what stays and what goes. That's really cool. And that's why it's so important to never ignore a lack of peace. Never ignore a lack of peace. If something doesn't register with you and if you don't have a piece about it stop it doesn't matter how good the deal is how awesome the opportunity is or even who the person is that's giving you the opportunity check your piece check your piece and if you don't have a piece about it wait ask the lord is this the right thing to do or just go a different way because that peace is telling you no that's not in that's out that can't stay that's got to go okay so that's the other way that god speaks to us and then the other way that god speaks to us and leads us is through the still small voice and that is the voice of our spirit it's also called our conscience The Holy Spirit draws the wisdom we need out of our spirit and it becomes evident to our natural mind and it will come to us as a thought, an impression or an idea in our conscience. And that is how we are led and directed by the Holy Spirit through the still small voice which is also called our conscience. So if our conscience is saying don't go that way, don't do this or "Oh, I shouldn't do that, you can be assured that that's the Holy Spirit directing you. And then as well as the still small voice, sometimes that still small voice can seem louder and more authoritative, and that is the authoritative voice of the spirit. And some people have even described this voice as being audible. Now, I don't know whether people have heard the audible voice of God. I haven't personally. Some people say that they have, and that's fine too. But sometimes I think that that voice can seem so loud and so authoritative that it's like you heard it with your natural ear. And perhaps you did. But most of the time, I believe that it's because God is speaking to us so sternly, so authoritatively, so loudly in our spirit that it seems like it's audible. Okay, so those are the different ways that God speaks to us. And then we went over the things that we always have to remember, the really important things that we have to remember when we're hearing from God and being led by the Spirit. And I won't go into detail in these, but I'll just recap them quickly. And that is that everything that we hear needs to be lined up with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will always agree with the Word of God and God will never tell us to do something that does not line up with His Word. Okay, so if you get a feeling or a thought or an unction or if someone tells you to do something, bring it back to what does the Word say. And you can even ask God to say, Lord, can you give me a scripture to confirm that this is what you want me to do? And He always will because it's out of the mouth of two or three witnesses that every word should be established so it doesn't matter who's saying it it doesn't matter where it's coming from if it doesn't agree with the word of God throw it out straight away. (laughs) And then the other thing to remember is about fleeces. Some people like to put fleeces out and say, Lord, if this is you, let it rain today, or Lord, if this is you, then open the door or close the door. Now sometimes God does open doors for us and sometimes things do happen in the natural that are a confirmation to us, but we should never be putting out fleeces saying, Lord, if this is you, then make this happen. And the reason for that is is because fleeces are dependent on the sense realm. We are depending on what we can see, hear, feel, touch, taste, and smell, to know whether god's speaking to us or not and that is the sense realm and it's the same realm that the devil operates in because he is the god of this world okay we are spiritual people we are spirit-led beings we do not walk by sight we walk by faith okay so if we're relying on our physical senses to tell us whether we are hearing from god or not that is an easy way for us to be deceived The other thing to be mindful of is not to look for spectacular signs and wonders to know or to have confirmation that we're hearing from God. Again, we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, sometimes God does do spectacular things. Sometimes he does perform signs and wonders to show us the way to go or to show us that he's speaking to us, but we should not be looking for those things. We walk by faith and not by sight. We have to be mindful not to get so busy looking for the spectacular that we miss the supernatural. Then we talked about words of wisdom, words of knowledge and prophecies from other people. Again, God has given these gifts to the body of Christ for the edification of the saints. But we shouldn't be relying on these things to know that we're hearing from God. We shouldn't be going to the next meeting held by some famous preacher hoping that they'll pick us out of the crowd and give us a word of knowledge. That does happen and that's awesome, and God uses that. That is a gift to the body of Christ. However, we should not be relying on those things and we should not be seeking them out. These words will always confirm something that God's already been speaking to us about. They will only ever confirm something that we are already sensing on the inside of our spirit. We cannot base or guide our lives on words of knowledge, words of wisdom or prophecies. We have to build our lives on the word first. And those things are added extras. They're bonuses to what we're already hearing from God. And lastly, we are not to seek audible voices. It is very rare That God will speak to us in an audible voice. It is an impossible, but God does not promise us in the word that we will hear his audible voice. If he did, then we could all seek audible voices, but he doesn't. God speaks to us through the still small voice in our spirit. He speaks to us through the inner witness and he speaks to us through his word. Okay, so that's a little recap of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. So if you haven't listened to the first three episodes of this series, then I encourage you to do so because there's a lot of valuable information in those episodes about how we can hear from God and be led by the Spirit. So what I want to talk about today is what if I miss it? You know, I've had people contact me and say, oh, I know I've missed God. I know he was telling me to do something and I didn't do it. What do I do now? What do we do when we miss God? And honestly, guys, we've all missed it. I promise you, I've missed it. Every single person who's in ministry, who, you know, have big ministries, they've missed it. People who are just day-to-day people or business people, they miss it. We all miss it. But what do we do when we know that we've missed it? Well, first of all, God will never condemn us. God will never go, oh, you stupid person. You've missed it. Why didn't you listen to me? What am I going to do with you? (laughs) He will never condemn us if we miss it. Guilt and shame and condemnation are not from God. They are from the devil. God never condemns us; He never causes us to feel shame or condemnation. But what happens is is that the devil will use opportunities where we've failed, where we've missed it, to try and get us to accept guilt and condemnation. so he'll say, "Ah, oh, you've missed it, you've failed." It's too late for you now. God can never use you. You're never going to see breakthrough in this situation. You've missed it. Shame on you. Shame on you. Guilt, shame, condemnation. And he'll just harass you with those thoughts that you've missed it. Now, so what do we do? If you know and you recognize that you've missed following God's voice, then repent. Just say, Lord, I repent. I know I've missed you. I thank you that you've forgiven me. I thank you that you can get me back on track. And see, this will prevent the enemy from condemning you over it. You'll shut him up because he won't be able to put that guilt and condemnation on you. Just say, Lord, I repent. I've missed it. Thank you that you've forgiven me and that you can get me back on the road that you want me to be on. And Hebrews 4 verse 15 says that we have a great high priest who, jesus who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses he knows where our weaknesses are and he sympathizes with those weaknesses and he says that we can still come boldly to the throne of grace even when we miss it and find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need So God's even made provision for that. He knew all of the things that would be opposing us. He knew the weaknesses of our flesh and he still has grace and mercy available to us when we come boldly to the throne of grace. So it's not crawling up to God and saying, oh God, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to receive your grace and mercy. No, because we are made righteous, we can still come boldly. We can walk up to the throne of God and say, Lord, Thank you that I have your mercy and grace to help me with this, even though I've missed it. And you know, God is pretty smart. He knows how to get us back on track and he knows how to turn plan A back into plan A. You know, people miss it all the time. They miss the plan of God. They miss the perfect will of God for their lives. But it doesn't stop God from getting done what he needs done. If you think about King David, he was not God's plan A for the king of Israel. In fact, his plan wasn't for Israel to have a king at all, but they were insisting that they wanted a king. So he finally gave them one and he had Samuel anoint Saul as king. Saul was God's first choice to be king. But Saul messed up and lost his anointing, which led to David taking his place. And then what happened? David messed up because he had an affair with Bathsheba, which definitely wasn't God's perfect plan. But as a result of that union, Solomon was born, who was the wisest and richest man who ever lived. So there's a perfect example of God's plan being messed up, but him turning plan A back into plan A once more. In Joel 2 verse 25, God promises us that he will restore. And that word restore means to repay, to give you back and make up for the years that the locusts have eaten. Just because we mess up and miss it from time to time doesn't mean that the story is over. Romans 8 verse 28 tells us that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So if we can get back on track and rely totally on hearing from God and being directed by the spirit, he can work everything together so that we come out on top every time. That's awesome, hey? And just because we are following God's direction does not mean that we won't bump up against opposition. Actually, I want to spend a bit of time talking about this. Many people think that when they're walking in God's plan for their lives, that it will be smooth and trouble-free. That couldn't be further from the truth. I believe that many people get the answer they need from God. They get the direction they need. They get the wisdom they need. They get the job they need. They get the relationship they're believing for. They get the breakthrough that they're looking for. And then what happens? They forget to continue relying on God. They forget to continue trusting God and continue applying the word over their lives. And that's when things start to fall apart. And then the moment they encounter opposition or things aren't going as well as they want them to, they think that they have made a mistake and missed God's plan. For example, someone might be believing God for a job. And the perfect job comes along for them and they think, yes, I've gotten my answer. Thank you, Lord. The words worked. I've, I've got this job that I've been believing for. And then they start having trouble with a co-worker and then their boss starts giving them a hard time and they go, oh, well, I mustn't have heard from God. After all, this mustn't be God's perfect job for me because otherwise I wouldn't be having all these difficulties. And they think that they've made a mistake and they've missed God's plan. Okay, But what's really happened is that the enemy who is out there to steal, kill and destroy has come to steal the word. He's come to steal the word. He's come to steal the direction and plan of God for our lives. And he does this through offenses and opposition. You know, Jesus told the disciples to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and on their way there, a storm blew up. Now, that storm was not God's plan for those disciples. Jesus didn't lead them into the storm. The storm wasn't from God. The disciples had a word from God to go to the other side, and the storm came up to try and throw them off course, to steal the word, to interrupt the plan that Jesus had for them. If that storm had been God's plan for those disciples, then Jesus wouldn't have rebuked it, but he rebuked it because it was there to hinder them and throw them off course. And Jesus himself was completely led by the Spirit and never missed hearing God. And even he came up against opposition. People wanted to kill him, to throw him off cliffs. He was betrayed. But all these things were designed to prevent him from fulfilling God's purpose for him. Do you know, Jesus even impressed the people so much by the miracles that he performed that at one point they wanted to make him king. Now imagine if that was you or I, how many of us would say, oh, wow, this is God promoting me and jump at the opportunity and say, yes, absolutely, I am king now. I received that crown. (laughs) But what did Jesus do? He obviously had a big red light from the Holy Spirit because immediately he withdrew and went up to the mountain by himself so that they couldn't make him king because he knew that that wasn't God's plan for him. So even when we are walking in God's perfect plan for our lives, we must always remain dwelling in the secret place. We must always remain abiding in the vine. We must keep the word of God first place and top priority in our lives. Then when we encounter opposition, we will immediately run to the word and allow ourselves once more to be led by the spirit who will help us navigate successfully through the situation. And those storms that opposition that comes up does not have to throw us off course. It doesn't mean that we drop everything and decide, oh, we've missed it. This mustn't be God's plan for my life. No, we continue on the course that God has set for us and we simply ride through the storm. We simply ride through the opposition. And just because we miss it from time to time or face opposition does not mean we should stop tuning into the leading of the spirit. We always have to allow ourselves to be led by the spirit. We have to continue using and developing our spirit consciousness. And this means training ourselves to stop being led by our physical senses, our reasonings and emotions and instead allow the spirit to lead us. So again, just because we've missed it does not mean that the story's over we just get back on track we open ourselves up to the leading of the spirit we say Lord I repent for missing you thank you that you can work all this out for my good and we carry on another question that gets commonly asked is how do I know that it's God speaking to me and not my own thoughts or ideas or how do I even know that it's not the enemy trying to lead me in the wrong direction well, if you look at Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That word quick means living and powerful means effective, full of energy and productive. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division or separation of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thought and intents of the heart or it judges the thoughts and intents of the heart so let me just go over that again the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division or separation of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart it judges the thoughts and intents of the heart so what this means is that the word will divide and judge what's coming out of our soul what's coming out of our mind will and emotions which can be wrongly influenced and what's truly coming from the spirit the word will be the judge it will divide the difference between the two it will show you what's coming from your mind will and emotions and what's truly coming from your spirit the word is what will do that If what you're hearing and sensing is in line with the word and it's accompanied by peace, you can be assured that it's from God because our born again spirits are exactly like God and therefore they speak like God. So if you're wondering whether what you're thinking or sensing is from God or if it's just yourself or if it's the enemy, line it up with the word of God and the word of God will show you the difference between the two. In Galatians 5 verse 16, it says, "'Walk in, or be led by, guided by, governed by, and directed by the Holy Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts, which are the desires, the longings, and the cravings of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish.'" But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. So what does this mean? When we are led by, guided by, governed by and directed by the Holy Spirit, we will not fulfill or follow after the desires, the longings and the cravings of the flesh. Okay, so that's quite simple. If we allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit in all of the different ways that we've already talked about, then we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay, so that's pretty straightforward. Remember, we can ask God for confirmation if we're not sure. We can ask him, Lord, is this from you? Is this what you want for me and he will always confirm what he's saying to us through the word he may even use someone else to confirm it or our peace but he will always confirm his word to us because he wants us to go the right way and this has happened to me I've asked the Lord for a confirmation for something that I've been feeling that he's been telling me and the next very next podcast or message or sermon that I listen to will be exactly on what I have been hearing from God about and that will be the confirmation okay so don't allow yourself to feel rushed or pressured into acting remember that the fruit of the spirit is peace and patience not panic or impulsiveness there is nothing wrong with pausing and waiting and just waiting until you feel complete peace about something before you act on that there is absolutely no need to feel rushed or pressured It's the devil, remember, that goes quick, hurry, panic, fear. (laughs) It's the devil behind that feeling of being rushed and panicked. But God says to wait, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. When we allow ourselves to be led by the spirit, we will know the difference between what the spirit wants for us and what our flesh wants. And the word will be what divides between the two okay so I have run out of time I hope what we've talked about today has given you some revelation and insight into hearing from God and being led by the spirit but join me next week for the conclusion of this series until then put into practice everything that you've learned put into practice hearing from God and being led by the spirit and watch how your life is transformed God bless you and I'll catch you next week Thank you so much for being part of today's episode of Faith Talks. If you have any questions related to today's or any of my previous episodes, if you have a testimony you would like to share, or for a free copy of Confessions for Life, please email me at questions at faithtalks.com.au. For episode announcements and regular encouragement, you can now find Faith Talks with Emily Preston on Facebook and Instagram. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from today's or any of my previous teachings, please share this podcast with them and help them receive revelation of the truth that will make them free. Until next time, know that I am praying for you and don't forget to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And you will be blessed in everything that you do. God bless you.